Welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt, I'm nothing more than recycled stardust and bor- borrowed energy born from a rock spinning in the ether. Ryan, w- what do you get when you take Godzilla to a mall? Well, here to help us figure that out is TFT punk correspondent Rachel D. Rachel, I got too many people people I got left to prove wrong. All those motherfuckers been too mean for too long. Are you scared of these boogie feet? I am. I you have you have boogie feet and they terrify me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how to handle them. Uh, and these boogie feets and Godzillas uh, and motherfuckers are all from um, Rainbow, the recent uh, album released this fall by Kesha, uh, who no longer has a dollar sign in her name um, and has released um, a, a comeback album, an album um, that has, you know, been a long time coming. Um, and, and you know, she's been not able to release music for quite some time due to her ongoing um, ongoing legal battles with her former producer, Dr. Dr. Luke. Um, and you know, this, this kind of, um, you know, conflict spurred this kind of, um, free Kesha hashtag that was kind of around for a while and kind of a building of goodwill for her music. Uh, and, and the, you know, coming to a culmination of this album, uh, debuting at number one on the billboard, um, albums chart when it came out. Um, Matt, were you surprised by, uh, what you heard when you, when you heard rainbow? I, I mean a little bit, I actually, so I read the pitchfork review, uh, and actually something that they said was um, uh, kind of made me understand it a little bit because it, it feels like a junk drawer uh, a little bit. Not uh, not necessarily in that it's junk. Um, bits of it might <laughs> veer in that direction, but there's a lot that's very good on it. Uh, but it's mismatched. It's like odds and mm-hmm. sods, you know, and that's uh, it's like half sort of moderately competently executed pop album, half like country folk half moldy peaches album sort of you know and that like uh that's the the sort of the heterogeneity of it in terms of sound and also in terms of like production quality and sort of but um but i guess she owes kimo sabe like three more records or two more records Mm. after this or something like this so though i think that there's a lot of wood behind the arrow on a song like praying which is you know her kind of signature thing and and uh, right now and and is sort of her life story and this sort of confessional thing and like though it tiptoes up to the line of of what you can say short of uh uh defamation or libel or whatever the the um um you know uh everyone knows what she's talking about and her her uh, accusations of sexual harassment and assault against dr luke and that you know and that's like that's just the kind of the thing, but that there is like, there is a certain amount of like, well, let's just like release an album, uh, to this. The pitchfork review, by the way, was sort of interesting. The way a lot of pitchfork reviews are interesting, uh, or in a way that a lot of pitchfork reviews can't, uh, don't get to be interesting because no one can say anything bad about this record, you know, and, and about Kesha because she sort of struggled so much in such manifestly unjust ways. Um, and so you, you kind of can't, can't say it, but they, they also, they also sort of point out the, 
that praying could be, you know, is this sort of Jack Antonoff-esque, like, piano ballad at the Geometric Center uh, of the record. And, like, even though they don't, they don't uh, take the name of the Antonoff in vain, um, it's, it's a connection that, that I sensed very strongly. Now, I, I sort of enjoyed it. Like, there are just silly and weird sections uh, on it, and I frankly like those a little more than the uh, than the pop songs um, with maybe Woman Accepted, uh, because the, the hook is just fat and juicy, and the horn section is is super awesome but like just the the honestly the weirder it gets the uh the weirder it gets the more i like it uh and that's you know i don't know that that was my reaction to it rachel you had a similar reaction about the weirdness and and your enjoyment of this album as well yeah no i do think there is something you know i i felt like there was enough here that was very strong that it did make me sort of wish that the the album was more cohesive right like that like that it had like more of a cohesive or unified sound um but that said like i did like i like what's on here i think as it goes on i like it more i think some of like the the initial songs are a little too um I don't know. They're like off for me. Like they sound like a little too poppy. Uh, Woman is a is a good song, but even then, I do feel like I, I, I don't know. I don't really like. I, I'm sort of like I don't really like. I feel like I don't want to hear Mark Ronson sound. I guess I just associate so much of all the Mark Ronson pop songs because the Dap Kings hey, are on up, this. Uptown will fuck you up. Uptown funk you up. Yeah, and it, it's good, <laughs> but I, I also like. I just it just reminds me too much of that. Um, some of the others, I think some of the early part of the album reminded me too much of other things, um, you know, and, and like, it's not bad cause they were like very good versions of those other things and very good songs. But I think the kind of more kind of like the weirder, more to me, like idiosyncratic, like, like interesting stuff kind of came on later where like, she, you know, she wrote these like alt country songs and then also these like weird kind of new wave new wave or like dance punk songs right, um, the songs with the eagles of death metal yeah right. or like the you know later on yeah and i think those those songs definitely like st- stuck out to me as being kind of like it like definitely like oh this is like an interesting direction and to me like kind of showed a lot of like uh kesha's personality like even more like more so in my mind i think it is interesting i mean i think there is and this is kind of in the pitchfork review as well that this is an album that is a a bunch of different directions that kesha could go right Right. that this is you know a an intersection with like about eight roads right uh and uh and and so and and it's it's an exciting place for her to be at kind of creatively it's much it's much Land, right it's munchkin right. land where the like all these roads <laughs> spiral out in different directions well and i think that, that i mean i think bringing out kind of the wizard of oz is really interesting because you know the the thing that you think of of being in oz is going from black and white to color right and i think that that's the other thing about um about rainbow right beyond the kind of you know psychedelic trapper keeper on the cover right kesha's butt uh you know bare back and in within the 
the the ocean of trapper keep melting trapper keeper goo um that you also have a sense in in a rainbow right is that a rainbow has a spectrum of the colors right and 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 so this also has um this is like the the roy g biv of um kesha's pop influences and inspirations right and so that that's i think that 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 there's a meta cohesiveness like you know uh, even if you have you know a lot of these different pieces of projects and different ideas where to go calling the whole thing rainbow is a great way to make it cohesive uh, as an album right because it, and and i think that it also works with the idea of you know the the burst of color and kind of hope that comes after a storm right so that there is um there the, it, it works together even um even either in spite of or in, in many ways because of its kind of circumstances so um so give rainbow a listen um uh, several lessons um, and me is back here to dive right in uh, to the psychedelic trapper keeper ooze after this word from our commercial sponsors. Is your uh, pilot light burnt out like an old flame this winter? God, I can't get my oven to start again. Yeah, I know. And you must be shivering there in the cold of the Northeast. I'm so lonely and so cold all alone with this oven that just want light. Well, old flames can't hold a candle to your pilot light, and you shouldn't hold a candle to your pilot light either, because it's dangerous to hold an open flame near a a shooting torrent of gas. So call the gas company. They can help you light and adjust the pilot on your natural gas appliances, water heaters, and furnaces for just $24 plus tax. Ah, thank you, gas company, for... Lighting the fire within without letting it, making it so that I need to be vulnerable and put myself out there and risk major long-term damage. The gas company. We're here so that you don't blow yourself up physically or emotionally. Hey, I'm just burning this pile of Rolling Stone magazines to keep warm. (laughs) And we're back. (laughs) Right Right in, Rachel, I have a question. Oh, this, this, this Kesha, hmm. is she free? Hmm. Oh man. I don't know. That's hard. I mean, the questions are always hard. But. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to, after great consideration, say that the answer is a qualified yes. <laughs> uh, interesting. All right. Well, that's that's unusual for us. So what uh, what makes you say that? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's, in this great break with tradition, um, I, 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 I think that – So so I think that there's a lot of ways. So uh, on the one hand, I think to, to – one one useful way to enjoy this album is to listen to this album, to make a playlist with this album, and then put Kesha's you know five or six biggest singles after it, um, and even the poppy songs um, on in the first half of the album will seem like a radical departure from uh, from ev- everything from kind of die young to through uh, die young and timber as some of her more recent singles uh, all the way back to TikTok um and uh and your love is my uh your love is my drug um and that 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 you 
you know, and, and so to you, you hear it like the elements of of freeness are in the the radicalness of the departure from um, what she was doing uh, before, and and yet. I think that like the need to depart so vigorously um, and, and the need to kind of assert independence is still itself reactive to the context. Right. And, and that there is a, a sense, right. And a lot of the songs are about, you know, dealing with the uh, with with consequences of um, of what she's gone through. And even it's there in um, in in the song in the title track rain right um she says um there's there's the line about um uh where is it about the scars um i need to I need to find it um yeah it's it's that um i know that i'm still fucked up but aren't we all my love darling our scars make us who we are who we are right and it's it's an interesting transition right because um her previous hit was we are who we are right the tautological kind of fun in the moment and now it's you know uh you know we scar who we scar right um and that and so that 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 when you are aware of your scars, you're never truly free of them, right? You may, you may kind of move on, you may heal. Um, but that, that there's a sense of being kind of, of carrying them, them with you. So that's, that's the qualifiedness in the yes of the, the freedom. I don't know. Rachel is, is Kesha free? (laughs) No, I think, uh, I think you make a good point that you, you can't help, but, but carry, carry these things and even just like putting this album out is like a certain is still like in some ways at the background like about a contractual obligation right well, and dr luke's making money and, from it. Yeah, and dr luke is making money from it and you know i think that is you know it's it's interesting it makes this story like um it makes the kind of comeback story like like it's just complicated right she She's I do think that like artistically this album seems to be like much more in line with like at least like where where her actual like tastes and interests are. Right. And like what she actually would like to do Um, and kind of like more more like like you said, kind of more like the like these are all the this is like all the different facets of like my interests and tastes in music. I you know, I I do like these things. and, you know, it, it's interesting because, like, I read an article, uh, like, her Rolling Stone interview. She was very, like, she definitely, like, does, does not, like, disavow her work, her earlier work, right? Like, she's, like, proud and, like, like happy with her earlier work. And I think there's, like, this sense of, like, you can't, you know, she's not, she's not writing that off or, like, this is the real me. Like, the, you know, this album is, is, a, is, is her you know, as much as like the old stuff is also her in some different capacity. Right. And so I do think there is, she's both like, not like she's, she's not like contractually free yet. And she's and but, and, and like, you can never really be totally free from like, you know, the things that have happened to you. But at the same time, you know, I think that's part of like how, you know, disavow, like disavowing, like, like everything like that you did before, like it's sort of also this kind of negating thing that, it, you know, it just doesn't seem to be part of like how, how she 
how she has like come to like a deal with like the the trauma of Dr. Luke and the time that she spent, you know, working with him. So, I mean, I, this is interesting. There's like, there's. I, because I think we're all de- I think we're dealing with with definitions of freedom which are related but distinct right and the one that that in kind of formulating this question that occurred to me was the like the enlightenment sort of right. social contract theory uh, uh, definition of freedom which is that freedom is not necessarily the, the freedom to do what you will all the time in in every respect it's not kind of like licentious you know permission but it's uh it's um it's the ability to act the the agency to act in accordance with your nature right mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. and that that like and and that that still is a qualified yes for me because i feel like there's there's a lot in this that doesn't necessarily uh, come down firmly on the side of one particular nature, one particular kind of nature, right? And that, like, wh- I, I'm not sure wh- what is what is Kesha nature, you know? Like, uh, <laughs> and it, and that uh, is it the is it the the kind of the popular, the kind of simpler, dancier moments? Is it the uh, Dap King's horns esque moments? The you know. Um, is it the country stuff? Is it the Kimya Dawson songs? Uh, Kimya Dawson esque songs on on this? And so, like, I I, I think there is a, a sort of a, a kind of a loosening freedom in the sense of loosening, not completely un not completely like unbinding, but a certain loosening of artistic restriction, but not necessarily a freedom in the sense of of. Uh, you know, being able to being able to be the most Kesha Kesha that Kesha can Kesha, right? That uh, that's um, that that may be, you know, that may be something that emerges over the 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 course of several albums. I, yeah, go ahead, Rachel. Yeah, it's interesting because I I actually do wonder if like this maybe is like a pretty Kesha Kesha like album, <laughs> like that. Okay, I think yeah. it's like because it's it's. In the sense of like it's, I think it's like human to like kind of be all over the place. Huh. Um. I think it's you know. Wait. I th- you mean that she's? It's like she's refreshingly not on brand, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like cause it's not there. There's no. There's no like really clear brand in this album, right? Like we know what the Doctor Luke Kesha brand was, right? Um. Which I think is kind of like kind of like like hip hop dance like like rapping over dance beats party animal is yeah. kind of like the I heard brand. It, I heard it called club pop which struck me as a good as a decent district descriptor of it. Well right so and imagine that that is Kesha nature is also then like uh Actually, incidentally, also very similar to Hobbes' State of Nature, right? Uh, like uh, feral. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty, brutish, solitary, and short pop yeah. songs, right? <laughs> yeah, no. And, like, so, I mean, I think actually in some ways, like, the fact that this album is, is like, kind of hard to, I would say, like, sell, right? Yeah, is yeah. makes it sort of almost more... Like, uh, kind of actually maybe representative of like kind of where Kesha's like tastes and heart lies, like that she kind of likes all these different kinds of things, right? Like, and and that is like that is part of like the you know, the the kind of taste level, right? That these are the kinds of things she likes and pulls from, and and you know, you, you can you get a sense of like the kind of wide variety of music she like listens to and is familiar with and likes by listening to kind of where how this album sort of goes. 
like across a lot of different kinds of styles and genres, I would say. Um, you know, that said, I still I still think I'd like to see kind of like the version of Kesha where she decides that she's going to like like kind of like pick one mm-hmm. or like pick an idea and like tie it together like a little more as like an album. Um, because I do think I'd like to see that. And I, I think this is like, there's a lot of interesting ideas on this album. Some I think are more interesting than others and better, but you know, like she could have kind of, uh, she could have like probably made, you know, yeah, it seems to me like she could have made like the alt country album. She could have made like a kind of, you know, a classic rock album, right? She could have made like a dance pop dance, like a glam, like a glam rock album, or she could have made it like the the twee folk album, right? Yeah, there's a lot of different. There seem to be a lot of different avenues. She could have made could have a, chosen. Lord, a Lord album. The like she could have made melodrama, <laughs> right? She could have made melodrama. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. She seems like really like pretty talented, at, like doing. Um, and so I just I would like to have seen sort of her picking like kind of. This is the self I want to present. This is like the idea I want to present. But on the other hand, I mean, maybe there's something here. Like maybe there's like a, something kind of intentional to wanting it to be sort of almost like brandless, right? Like she wants this to be complicated. She wants it to be hard to listen to this album and go like, oh, this is what Kesha is all about. Um, it, you know, because Kesha, Kesha's like brand was so like, intensely specific before this that there there might be something actually freeing and like you know not being able to be like uh not having like a really clear cogent brand right like this is this album is a ton of things but none of them are the old kesha right, <laughs> right? but none of them are the old kesha and you know to be fair, like i know i like it when i feel like i've somehow outsmarted like the um data mining you know like the data <laughs> yeah. farm yeah, right yeah, 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 and yeah. data mining operations like aha you're wrong I I don't like that ad just because I'm 30 something and shop at Whole Foods. Ha! You know, and so I think there's yeah. there's something here like it's a, you know, Kesh is trying to throw off like the data mining yeah, farms. She's, she's jamming the algorithms. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> jamming the algorithms with these fat jams, you know. <laughs> I think the, I mean, a related kind of thing about like small bits of subversion are all of the, um, all of the, 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 the F bombs all throughout the album. Right. And, and there's a few of them. I mean, right. Like, I think, um, I think like motherfucker is like the fifth word on the album. <laughs> like it does not take very long at all. Uh, yeah, it's it's or maybe the t- it's within the first ten words or so, right? I got too many people. I got left to prove wrong. All these motherfuckers have been too mean for too long. So it's within the second line she drops a motherfucker. Um, but beyond that, I think that woman is a really interesting one where it's a. It's a song that like is custom made for a product like hyper targeted at women, right? Right. Um, and for for an ad for a commercial, and yet the mother, I'm a motherfucking woman, makes a like makes it much harder to put in a commercial. commercial yeah. Um. And so that there is, and similarly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is the? What do you feel like the radio edit of that is going to be for the inevitable like uh, uh, you know hair <laughs> hair dye ad, right? Like I'm a mother having woman. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a mother potentially woman or like I'm a mother mother woman <laughs> <laughs> Well I think this is I mean 
<laughs> speaking of being mother having, um, <laughs> I think that this is an interesting thing that um, that I had not really known about Kesha um, up until because it was I, not as much of a, a a part of her narrative. I think in in her early career, at least in the parts of it I saw, is that I had been unaware that Kesha's mother was a country um, singer songwriter of of some note. Um, and and you know the biggest note uh, was having written this uh, this uh, having written Old Flames um, and and having it covered and kind of made into a hit by Dolly Parton. Um, and and I think more more than that, I you know I hadn't been really aware of the ways in which <laughs> Her um, her mom, uh, uh, PB Siebert, had been involved in her career, right? That like you know she had written a few of her other songs, including Timber, which then makes Timber make so much more sense um, because I just couldn't like, you know, imagine, uh, you know, Pitbull sitting around uh, as pulling up, sidling up to his piano and said, I'm going saying, I'm going to write a, um, a, a cotton eye Joe hoedown jam. Um, <laughs> right? um, and so uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and, uh, and, um, you know, PB is uh, all over this album. In addition to old flames, um, she co-wrote a few of the other songs and does, um, I think some backup vocals on Spaceship, um, so that 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 relationship is is there, and I think is 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 something that's very is very interesting, um, and 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 had not been something I had been aware of um, in in Cash's body of work uh, before this album. Yeah, it's I mean it's interesting the with the very young pop stars the roles that the parents play, right? Like mm-hmm. you you. I don't know. There's there's almost no good examples, right? Like you you think of like Britney Spears' mother or something like right. that, or or something like that. And it's it sort of makes you wonder. Well, it's, I mean, it, look, it's impossible to know, right? Because like the, it's so wrapped up in so much PR and and also at this point so much litigation. But you sort of wonder what the pushing, you know, what I mean, what kind of pushing was necessary, and like to what extent that that uh, you know that leads to bad outcomes in in child stars. I mean, not everyone can turn out like Alanis Morissette, right? No, uh, no. <laughs> There's only no, one. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I do think it's interesting that she has like the writing relationship with her mother. Like, I, I also was not aware of that. Um, and it does kind of like also at least then it makes sense and that like kind of one of the one of the avenues of Kesha is this country avenue, right? It's like the I don't know where, where she could have been like a country star. And I, I would have welcomed that. Like, we could. I, I think country music could use something more like this. <laughs> it, it is an interesting kind of counterfactual universe. Um, I mean, it, it's interesting because I think very early on um, in in when TikTok was out, Mark Lee uh, covered um, TikTok for um, for overthinking it, and uh, in the style of, of not exactly country, but as a blues song, right? And yeah, it's so, like a it's was, like a Muddy Waters, yeah, guitar blues, yeah. Right, and so it was. It was actually prophetic, right? Like he, he met, met, uh, you know, Mark knew something that uh, all of us didn't uh, about uh, Kesha's future musical trajectory. Well, I, you know, you sort of think of 
the possibilities like in that counterfactual universe right like cuz she's she's sort of done a reverse taylor swift now just to use mm, right? an, another young yep. woman who who sort of came out of nashville right like and uh has gone as taylor swift has gone from country to pop she sort of started at the opposite direction and is headed is headed back to country right whatever and, happened to that taylor swift does she have any music coming out <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I just feel like, yeah, no, I it's, it, she's gone quiet. I feel like at this point she's not even trying. She's just coasting on her reputation. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, well, and, no, and it sets it up perfectly, right? That that we are, you know, I, even though there were several opportunities to do um, uh, Kesha earlier, um, you know, it's it's no accident of kind of discussing Kesha um, the week before uh, Reputation drops, right? Because I think it's um, I think that there are these contrasts, especially in the way that this has gone um, country. I mean, I guess like, I, in some ways, I think a lot of our interest gravitated towards the kind of folksy and country half of this album. I mean, were there specific songs that, that you guys, that really jumped out at you guys in this uh, in this batch? Because I think there's diversity even within the more country-leaning songs on this album. I mean, I feel like one interesting approach, or one one maybe slightly fun approach, uh, would be to get, I mean, sl- and slightly fun is, you know, I think a, maybe not too high a bar, um, is to sort of <laughs> <laughs> is to do that is to just like say what each song is right the yeah. kind of the kind of xerox yep. Yep. xerox yep. version of but like sure. on the i i do like i mean i like uh, you know real country music you know uh and the hunt you down um the kind of two-step uh yep. old style yeah. thing is like that that's fun it's a fucking delight you know and well, that's uh a, that's, that's like a johnny cash or june carter cash song um but it's kind of almost a little more a, a johnny cash song um just because uh, you know what with all the hunting and killing yeah right? you know what there's uh-huh. like uh a uh, a country artist that that TFT stalwart should uh, investigate because she's just an incredible voice uh, in uh, both as a you know an instrument as a singer and also as like a, a personality is Loretta Lynn and uh, mm-hmm. this seems it sort of seems to me like a song Loretta Lynn could sing um, she she Loretta Lynn has a song that uh, she's well known for called Fist City where uh, oh, really <laughs> yeah and it's like uh, you better it sounds like a Boston hardcore punk song. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called it's called Fist City, and it's a threat to another woman who she thinks is getting a little too close to her man. Uh, uh, cool. Said you better you better back the fuck up if you don't want to go to Fist City, you know. <laughs> and it's just like it's uh, you know, yeah. and, and that like uh, you know, in in a lot of ways, like just the kind of the aggression of that, um, and and you know, also the kind of the playing with like uh, playing with a uh, sort of feminine like you know what i mean a kind of feminine and and like retiring gender presentation and like it's you know it's it's pretty delightful and it you know i don't know yeah that's uh that's awesome i i definitely need to um to check that out because this this also has 
kind of this idea, right, of, of kind of playing against that by just saying, I want to be your baby, baby, your angel all in black, right? And so this kind of like angel of death, death um, it, uh, uh, is, is, I think, a really interesting image that she starts off with, right? And this is another one that, again, I mean, I guess I don't know my country music, but again, this is another one where the F-bomb kind of, you know, it's a, if you fuck around, boy, I'll hunt you down, right? So it, it's a little more of that something old and something new. It's particularly, uh, yeah, it's particularly, you know, sort of notable to put them in the hook, you know, rather right? rather yes. than as some like, you know, third line in a verse that no one will, no one will mind if you bleep or dip the, dip the, uh, the vocal, right? Like the, the, in the hook, it's, you know, the absence of it will be pronounced, you know? Right. And so it's it's the kind of the indiest fucking thing about this album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fist fist fucking city, am I right? <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Rachel? Oh no, uh, yeah, I, I this is definitely I think one of the standouts um for me as well. It's just it's yeah, it's like kind of like she could have done this and then she would have been like talked about in the same breathless way that Casey Musgraves has talked about. Yeah, so you know, you're saying like a whole become- album of this. this. So this is like one Kesha. There, like really there's a Kesha multiverse is like what I'm saying and like so so where this is like one one of the one of the dimensions right so there's a off somewhere there's a citadel of Keshas right? Yeah. <laughs> right there's a citadel of Keshas and the, and the and the most Kesha Kesha says uh, you know if you fuck around baby I'll hunt you down you know <laughs> I mean, it is funny because in the last song right she talks about flying off on her spaceship, spaceship. <laughs> right. yeah so maybe maybe this album actually is just Rick and Morty fanfiction, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you know, so so kind of um, in terms of kind of matching the others. So so Boots is interesting. I think Boots is, I mean, to me, closest to actually songs like Timber of being kind of dance country. Um, uh, and maybe, but be, you know, there's um, another kind of more kind of real country music music antecedent that you can uh, think of. Um, but it's because it, it is it has this uh, the country elements um, with uh, this kind of more four on the floor dance beat, and then the David S. Pumpkins uh, uh, skeleton butt slap noises. <laughs> <laughs> Right, the 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 rawhide whip, uh, the um, but that always and it's this. I think they use the exact sound effects pack that they used to get Tom Hanks slapping Bobby Moynihan's uh, and Mikey Daly's butts in in that in that sketch. Um, and it's and and that also makes the song very silly, um, uh, and and also all the more real. <laughs> I just want. I mean, I just want to do this sketch now you know what i mean like kesha is its own thing right right. (laughs) and the dap king's horns are part of it (laughs) yeah exactly 
I mean, there is a little bit. I mean, there are definitely um, uh, uh, several moments on this album that would be best pe- punctuated by any questions. <laughs> <laughs> There's so Dolly Parton is on the is you know uh, sings duets with Kesha and Old Flames. That is the uh, a song that she was made a well known recording of. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like, I feel like the this is something that's common to current pop music to the kind of non the post-authenticity, post-singer-songwriter authenticity uh, strain of pop music um, and country music, which is that like there's a relationship of songwriters, so that there is a professional class of songwriters and a professional mm-hmm. class of performers, right? Yeah. And they're, they're looked at as, as separate skill sets. Uh, I went to something recently that was, that was interesting because I'd never been to anything like this. It was a songwriter's circle, um, and it was like it's something that they do at like I guess the the place that is most well known for it is the Bluebird uh, Cafe in Nashville, where that's a venue for songwriters, like not famous performers, but for the people who write famous songs, who are not necessarily great performers, though they they tend to be more or less competent musicians um, on account of their songwriters. And uh, they sit in a circle, and you sit outside uh, of them in uh-huh. you sort of in the round, and they just go around kind of singing one you know two or three times uh and that's if there are four of them you know three times around is 12 songs so that's a, a full set uh each singing one song uh that they wrote so like uh it was um it being hollywood it was uh rita wilson um was the like the the host of it but there was a, a songwriter who is associated with taylor swift or at least at taylor swift in the early days uh the guy who wrote like a virgin and true color Colors and I, I touch myself. Um, wow. Le- yeah, exactly. Like singing those songs on an acoustic guitar as just like folk, you know what I mean? As like coffeehouse folk songs, <laughs> which, which was a little bit like creepy neighbor from Family Guy, but uh, but also was was special. And then you know some some other people who were very you know who were very cool and. Um, you know, and so that like this is there are two professional classes, and like there there's I think like between uh, I don't know it's not and that something like Old Flames could be written by someone and recorded by a lot of people in the country music universe, and this was seen as this is seen like as a natural phenomenon. This yeah. is the way it is in in pop music these days. It seems like the songs get a lot more heavily branded and and want to be kind of exo- associated with the the original artist so that they can be um, so that they can be exploited. I think in a lot of through a lot of different media, uh, and so the songwriter there is kind of like a, a Marxist like commodity obscures the means of production uh dynamic to the way to the way current pop music works but like uh all that is a long way around the barn to say it's it's interesting that that dolly parton uh comes to comes to this album right like she's she's an interesting person right dolly parton has has is like an astonishingly great uh, artist like yeah. anyone who says a bad thing about Dolly Parton is going to go to Fist City, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but um, but like she has uh, as a career, like you know, what aside from her, you know, incredible career, beautiful voice, uh, virtuosic command of many different genres of country and and bluegrass and and uh, traditional American music. Like beyond that, the thing that she's known for is her boob job, right? And that like she. Has 
has sort of straddled this line or like uh, uh, walked this line, I should say, uh, slightly more delicately to uh, between like the like uh, uh, a woman performer as being kind of an available object of fantasy. Uh, male fantasy and a woman performer as an agent in her own right, kind of exercising her own preferences and and doing her own her own agency. And this is like certainly a uh, dynamic that that is also present in Kesha's career. So like for for a number of reasons, mm. it seems it seems like an interesting it seems like a kind of interesting meeting uh, meeting of the minds. I mean, Kesha is no sort of Dolly Parton in terms of of you know just raw skill uh but but there are these there are these similarities that i think are interesting yeah and it's it's also really interesting to hear this and and in contrast it with dolly parton's recording is that this version uh, on this album rocks so much harder like they 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 kind of turn it into this kind of it's it's still a country song in part because um, Dolly Parton is there, but there's a lot more where it sounds like some kind of like late period Beatles song. I think is what Rachel said, or kind of a glam rocky song, right? Mm-hmm. And and then there's all of these like kind of you know big kind of guitar breaks and kind yes. of this big climax. I mean, this, this struck you too, right? Yeah, no, I I find I found the. I, I kind of like think the arrangement of it and the production of it are, are like pretty and are pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's Kesha multiverse too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like she made an album that just sounded like her cover of the song, right? It's which is like um, almost like what some weird like country flaming lips album or something. Yeah, or like <laughs> or, or I would say it'd be like like I think there's like a version like where she just made like a Janis Joplin mm, like yeah, a bunch yeah, of like yeah, Janis yeah. Joplin song kind of a like psychedelic blues rock or yeah something, like right? psychedelic blues rock or something right like she kind of veered in a lane yeah. kind of there does yeah. this um, so does does praying also belong on on that record uh, right eh I don't know I'm not I mean maybe I'm just not into praying because I do think. I think you 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 said it was like Ant, had like the the stink of Antonov, <laughs> and, like, and I, I think it does. It's it just it's like you know, if, if not for like maybe like the con the, the lyrical content, this is the kind of song that would like I don't know be like the backdrop music for like. Uh, the NFL saying that it it's like supports like pink ribbons for breast cancer. <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, not, not. I'm a motherfucking woman. <laughs> oh right, that 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 could be it too. But like, I don't know. It just it sounds like a. It's just to me, it's like it it doesn't sound to me. There's just something. I want the montage. I don't know. I want the montage of NFL players all saying, "I'm a motherfucking woman" in the ah. you know in the PSA. <laughs> I want to see Tom Brady up there. You know, I'm a motherfucking woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing, I mean, so the the thing that that yeah, and I I, I agree. Uh, I think there are once you get over the kind of like. Uh, you know the kind of rip from the headlines um, thing thing about it. I think there's maybe not a ton there 
beyond that. Uh, and it, but it's, it's the thing is like, there's a, there's a sort of screaminess to a lot of the high belted, high belted vocals, which is again, though, you know, she's no Janis Joplin, like that, that is reminiscent, um, of that. And then if you watch the video, it takes place in this like burning man esque desert psychedelia, Mm. uh, that like, you know, she's sort of walking through, uh, except the, the point where she's like kneeling in the ocean and petting a CGI whale, which, uh, <laughs> which is definitely a thing that happens. Uh, oh, I need to watch it. <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll link it up in the show notes for this, uh, uh, for this episode, but that's, you know, that like, uh, the, and it's like an artist colony. It's like, it's like Burning Man or it's, it's like the Sultan sea or something like that. These, you know, these sort of profoundly weird kind of desert places with junk art, uh, everywhere, which kind of gets, gets, gets me to, to the, to the, you know, Janis Joplin, um, psychedelia place. So it's a little less, it's a little less glammy than old flames is, which, which sounded almost like Broadway music, almost like very theatrical, uh, to a certain, uh, to a certain extent to me. But I think that, I mean, even um, Praying builds to that, too, right? I mean, I think what makes it still an interesting song is it starts as kind of piano ballad and then kind of builds and explodes in a—I mean, and and the, you know, the Antonoff um, songs, you know, especially when they're in kind of fake queen mode, also do that. But this does it in a slightly more— also kind of ramshackle way, right? That it, it's still and not, not not that it's like kind of a you know campfire sing along, but that there is something about it that is a little just just one touch rawer and less polished, which I think still gives it some of that charm, right? And I think that that's like uh, I think that's something that's interesting even about this, even though because when I first heard it, I was like uh, piano ballad, why? Um, and and yet it still kind of builds in a way. It does yeah, and I would say it's like more explosive than like yeah. the Jack Antonoff style versions of these piano ballads. I don't know. It's like, yeah, the Antonoff ones are like, I don't know. It sounds like he's about to like, like he's just an old, he's just a man on his old timey piano or something. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I don't know what it is I'm trying to like get out here of what what it is. It just feels more. It's like, it's like they're tinny. Like his songs are tinny. Like they, they don't explode. They don't have like any kind of like. The explosion in his songs is never, it just feels really tinny and like pinched. Whereas, like, this doesn't feel that way, right? This doesn't feel tinny and pinched. This has like a, a kind of a fullness when it finally does have its big swelling epicness. Yeah, it's not pretentious. It's not, right. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think Antonov's like kind of version of this is like way more tinny and pinched. Um, you know, and he doesn't have like yeah, and you only know, only Lord manages to transcend the mm-hmm. transcend mm-hmm. the form, right? Because like liability is not a bad song in in because right. it is the yeah. one. It is the it's track five of eleven. It's the it's the uh, piano ballad at the geometric center of the of that record. But like you're talking about you're talking about the piano song that's on that record on Greenlight when the like the piano kind of obligato rhythmic figure uh, comes in. 
Um, yeah, yeah, or the other one later on that album, um, the 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 uh, the kiss the writer in the dark song mm-hmm. uh, that that has the unnecessary queen. Yes, it queen does. Build. Yeah, it does. Um, and then there's one on this. Uh, we haven't talked about the Saint Vincent album um, yet, but there's the 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 was it Goodbye Johnny or whatever. It has like uh, a kind of yeah, like this unnecessary piano ballad. Um, which really doesn't fit. Well, I won't talk about that album. But <laughs> definitely, there definitely sticks out a little bit. Like, huh? What happened? When when did this robot get some contrived feelings? Like the, <laughs> the, the AI, the the narrative about the AI or whatever is just like it, it went off course. I don't know. Um, Alexa, I never told you to feel. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, and it's like, and Alexa doesn't know how to feel because like it's a simulacrum of feeling. Um. But the yeah, yeah that, I mean, pretending. do do you guys not like piano ballads, or do you just not like Antonovian piano ballads? I know, because like I uh, like piano ballads, okay, but I don't like the Antonov ones. Yeah, I think they're tinny. I think tinny and pinch is how I'm going to describe them, because like it's it's something about like there's like it's like this. I don't know. It's like a contrived epicness that's not earned, and it's like all through like a very weak voice. Right. So like I'll give like credit to like I think Lord and like, you know, and like Freddie Mercury, like they have they don't have like thin shitty voices. But this is interesting, just kind of thinking about kind of a typology of piano bouts, because like you're also no fan of Adele. I'm no fan of Adele, that is true. Is she tinny and pinched or is she uh, uh No, I, she might have the other issue of like I think she's just um I think it's too much belting. Wait, I don't know. She's, like, bon- she, like, she's bombastic, she's cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's it, too bombastic. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm always. It it, it seems oh like. Oh my god, Rachel! What if I never love again? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting thinking about these. You know, because like the the what the kinds of piano ballad one does or doesn't like kind of also connects to like certain types of um, karaoke pathologies as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Right, and that like you know that because Adele is the person who is like um, you know I I want you to know how awesome I can sing, and it's like ugh no. Um, and and the Antonovian piano ballad is. Like, cool, I'm gonna can you believe I'm singing this song? <laughs> right. And I think I think like the singers and performers I like, like they kind of just sound a little more relaxed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like their good voice is they're like comfortable that their voice is strong and mm. will like carry them through. Like so they're like you can feel like that they're relaxed. Well, just yeah, something like you know, relaxed well, in how they come to the performance. So then they're actually able to channel like a real feeling. Just to take then, a, uh, an example from two Queen songs, it's the difference between people who sing "Don't Stop Me Now" at karaoke and people who sing "Bohemian Rhapsody" at karaoke, right? Yeah, go yes. on. The, la- the, the latter being the overly bombastic, uh, yeah. highly exhibitionistic uh, version, and the first being the like the very into the groove of an awesome song uh, right. version. Or like the, the the flip side would be like doing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, but only be only doing the middle part, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right, because I think the other piece of this that I think connects back to Kesha is the other thing, that, and we've talked about this a lot that we value in karaoke. That I think that we're like finding that we value in in kind of our our pop songs is a performativity, right? And I I think that <laughs> what is interesting, right, is in you know Kesha in her 
like kind of Janis Joplin esque vocal histrionics, and and you kind of see this a number of points in the album. It, it, it's so that's substituting for her rapping, right? Like that 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 she's there's a very kind of energetic, high personality. Um, uh, uh, vocal delivery that is her signature, even if like wh- what exactly that mode of performativity is, um, has has shifted. And I think in the same way, right? Like Kesha songs are for that reason very fun to perform at karaoke, right. um, and and really, um, and 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 are always kind of a hit. Be um, be if if you inhabit that same kind of energy. And I think what's very interesting is that, um, she imbues a lot of different <laughs> styles with that kind of personality and energy and we've kind of talked about the the higher energy ones but i think as the album goes on she also kind of puts that kind of idiosyncrasy into these into the more kind of quiet and folksy songs as well i mean especially godzilla which really has that i mean you mentioned this a couple times matt and i totally agree of this kind of moldy peaches kind of vibe right um and you know in its slightly off kilterness um and and it's kind of again performatively twee right <laughs> yeah and, and it was you know what it's delightful it's fantastic you know what i mean yeah, and the, really the, the uh also the way it sort of the way it cashes out its premise right like rather than rather than sort of I don't know, laughing at laughing it off or something like that. The way it sort of sticks its landing uh, is, you know, um, is is I, you know, I think it, an accomplishment is one. It's a it's a minor. Uh, it's kind of a, a minor part, or at least it's a. What, I, oh, I heard someone. I read something where they described it as like a campfire song. Mm. You know, uh, but it's uh, I don't know, but it gives it's it's like a breath of fresh air uh, kind of there right at the end of the, the album. The opposite of a campfire, which is smoky. You should call the gas company to light your pilot light for you. Or just call Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like and Godzilla can light your light your pilot light, but also burn your house down. <laughs> what do you get when you have Godzilla as a service person? <laughs> he says he'll show up from eight to five and doesn't show up until seven at night. That's what you get when you take Godzilla to your house. Yeah. Uh Godzilla to meet your mom. And like, what do you do when you meet Godzilla and fall in love? It's sort of about, you know, uh, it's sort of about a, uh, a bad relationship or a relationship mm-hmm. with someone who is, who is, uh, you know, uh, socially maladroit. Right. And that like, uh, in, uh, in, and th- there are a couple of those, right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there are a lot of, uh, I'm not sure there are a lot of great relationships on this record in the lyrics for totally fathomable reasons, but because um, that's just not what what she's trying to do. But the uh, uh, I don't you know I don't know the the on um, him which to me sounded like a fun song full stop a little bit. Uh, but the 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 chorus a hymn for the hymnless h y m n l e s s sort of struck me that it was also the h i m l e s s because mm. there are, there are no hymns because she's sort of her because she's a motherfucking mm, yeah. woman by herself yeah. you know 
Yeah, I, I kind of got that as well, right? It's, it's kind of there. I, I, that kind of double meaning is is sort of there a little bit. Um, it, it's hard not to uh, hear that. Um, yeah, I, I like this song. Even even Tag have taken it as written. I like the idea of a hymn for the hymnless, uh, and then kids with no religion. And I, I think that it's it's interesting because it does. You know, it it kind of is a it, it it's it's it it builds in interesting ways in the kind of world and and vibe that Kesha's earlier songs were populated with, which which were these kind of drunk carousing kids, um and and yet even these kinds of feral children, you know, need their hymns, right? right. And so that and there's something kind of this idea of being a hymn for the hymnless, right? So she's not going to write she's. She's not here to preach to the choir, right? That that she's here to she's she's in fact here to preach to those who are who are who are out of the church, right? And uh, and and uh, and is and um and and what she's preaching is um is kind of the exaltation of what they of what they are, right? They are what they are, uh, and and that is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so that that is um I think I think there's something really uh really interesting about that. Um, and and this is one. Right, this is the one that is like the kind of um, to you, Rachel, was the most kind of lordish, right? This yes. is, like sounds like it could be right off a of melodrama in that it's kind of this, you know, mid-tempo spin studio song, right? Yeah, no, I I thought it this to me the production and the melody, all, all of it sounded very much like something that could have easily been yeah sung by Lord, um, and I really liked it as a result. <laughs> I liked the song. It's interesting because I also think like if the arrangement had been stripped down like considerably, this could have been another kind of like weird like I don't know folk folky song yeah. right like this could have been this could have been done with like I don't know some like like guitar strumming and it would have sounded kind of like kind of like a Woody Guthrie song or something or like if you if you uh, if you strip strip the I mean you make the arrangement totally different. Yeah. It, Actually there's a case for a lot of these songs where like the bones of the songs are pretty similar and so with a consistent arrangement you'd have that the the, the you'd have a, a very different album even with the same set of songs, right? The, uh, yeah, right. right. Yeah, that's that is interesting and does kind of go to this country thing where the song is kind of a a durable thing that can survive varied realizations, right? Um with this realization, the one being this is a hymn for the right left, right left, right left, right left. <laughs> Climb that hill everyone. <laughs> um, the uh there's I I think that the the lyric writing in the chorus is is sort of interesting because it uh it plays on it plays on sounds like similar sounds and uh you know invites you to kind of contemplate the relationship between words that are brought into proximity through like phonological similarity um this is a hymn for the hymnless with the two uh religions that could be uh yeah we keep on sinning yeah we keep on singing mm, yeah that, that those are they almost sound like the same word and you're invited yeah. to sort of like consider the relationship between sinning and sinning and singing, uh, flying down the highway, backseat of the Hyundai, which is bathos, right? Which is like a pathetic drop from like an image of exaltation to uh, a sort of, um, you know, uh, affordable brand of imported car. 
Right. I mean, because the, the, the only other name drop of a Hyundai that I, I can think of in pop music is um, from Beck's Deborah, right? Where he says, <laughs> lady, step into my Hyundai. Right? <laughs> but this, I mean, it's, it's so it's a little bit like t- t- TikTok was about an, a, a sort of alienation of choice, right? Sort of alienation as a as a like a bored upper middle class lifestyle choice. And and this is about sort of alienation as a kind of social as being a, a real social misfit uh rather than just um you know rather than just recreating as as one and uh you know um and and she knows that she's perfect even though she's fucked up yeah and no exactly and um and and it's it's and so it's it 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 works for that right and it's it's again that it's it, there, it it kind of owns what is there in. I mean, because like in TikTok and 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 all the songs of that era, it was still a little more. It was kind of defiant, um, but that this is you know again the the the, the claiming the kind of um, you know that I know that I'm perfect even though I'm fucked up. Um, I mean, again that 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 kind of paradox is kind of you know, kind of mobilizing or boosting, you know, the, the set with, of, with what she identifies even more, right. That, um, then in, um, you know, then, then TikTok, which was kind of like, you know, the created a slightly, slightly less grimy and disturbing version of like, of, of kids, right. Like, you know, only slightly, right. Like, you know, right. don't, don't worry. It's me, Kesha. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Yeah. <laughs> like spoilers for kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's a good place. to end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah so <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah um but yeah there is um uh you know we are we we keep on singing yeah we keep on singing and we will keep on podcasting here at, at tft <laughs> they can't um, stop us you know what we are perfect even though we're fucked up yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> there's there's some truth to that. So um, we're we'll be back next week with uh, I don't know. I'll just pick the next album that I see advertised on the side of a UPS truck. So whatever that is, <laughs> um, that's what uh, we're covering next week. <laughs> is, it, is it Milano by Daniel Lupi? <laughs> yeah, that great, that <laughs> excellent. Yeah, you know it's weird. I just saw <laughs> this very cool post punk album uh, <laughs> advertised on the side of a UPS truck. So I. I think that's what we'll be covering. I mean, again, whatever I see, I mean, there are a lot of different albums that are so craven and desperate for attention that they'll put themselves on the side of a UPS truck. So whichever one of those many dumbass promotional tie ins we happen to see will be the one that we cover next week. <laughs> Surely you're not talking about the 21 Savage and Amigos uh, <laughs> album that dropped at Halloween. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of albums that are going to stoop to the 
level of a incomprehensible tie-in with UPS. <laughs> so we will just have to wait and see. Uh, okay, well, you know, you, you guys do that. I'm going to go to Target and buy one of two limited edition promotional magazines and just see if there's a full-length album inside of it. And that's how I'm going to decide what album we cover okay, next week. Okay, so we'll just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you, know, you, know, you know, I think, I think I'm going to pick the album for next week by going on to streaming services, seeing what's not on there, <laughs> and then going and purchasing something that's not on streaming services. So maybe I'll actually purchase uh, X's like first album, uh, like uh, you know the self-titled one, because it's inexplicably not streaming anymore. So I think what it all builds up to is that we're just going to cover Hopeless Fountain <laughs> Kingdom again, and and, and, yeah. and and that's really the right choice. So anyhow, we're going to go into the wilds um, and just see what our what we could possibly find uh, in the barren landscape of popular and indie music uh, uh, with these three very divergent methods of trying to find something to cover. But whatever we find, whatever we find, um, we'll be back next week um, and we will keep it real.